0: The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Let's go! Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on -on One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, One-on-One showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo.
1: Welcome to One-on-One on One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Thursday, June 22nd, 2023. Listeners, please welcome adult content creator and adult star on the rise, Chocolate God310. Welcome to the show, man.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for
1: having me. You're welcome. It's great to have you on. You've been... Creating a lot of buzz online. The fans seem to love you, and I have to give you props, man, because there there is like some recent news that is pretty damn amazing for you. You signed with Hussy Models, so props, man.
2: Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that.
1: You're welcome. That's a huge step in a huge direction. So major props, man.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, I just feel blessed and. For the opportunity to not only um, start shooting main in it, mainstream in the industry, but you know, what I mean to be signed to one of the elite companies in the industry. So I don't see nothing but success in my future.
1: I love the sound of that. Love the positivity. So uh, let's dive into this interview. And typically, I like to start off these interviews by getting some unique stats out the way. What's your height and weight?
2: I'm six three and I weigh in at two hundred pounds.
1: What's your ethnic background?
2: I'm African American, black, you no, know, whatever you want to say, you know, but I am I am Black African American.
1: What's your zodiac sign?
2: I'm a Pisces.
1: And how old are you?
2: I'm 41.
1: Let's get to know a little bit about the man behind the performer. Where are you originally from?
2: I'm from Compton, California.
1: Can you share with the listeners a bit about what Young Chocolate God 310 was like? What was it like for you growing up?
2: Well, um, as a young, you know, I grew up in a poor neighborhood. Of course, Compton is considered the ghetto, the hood, or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, I never felt like I was poor. I never felt like I was broke. I never felt like nothing. Because, of course, you're a child. You don't uh, realize what you don't have. You know, you're just happy at everything that you do have. So, you know, within that, you know, I just grew up um, thinking that everything that I was living, everything that I was doing was normal. So, you know, I was pretty much um, happy. You know, um, I started off with a mother and a father. My parents got divorced. You know, um, some drugs, uh, drug addiction was involved in there. They ended up getting separated, and it ended up just being uh, me, my mom, and my um, three little sisters. And um, we were surviving. You know, uh, we moved from Inglewood to South Central, Los Angeles, to Campton, back and forth between my mom and my grandma because she was getting her life together. And, um, you know, within that process um, in the early 90s, um, I started to be infatuated with the gang life. And um, because of that, I ended up joining a gang. And, you know, it was more or less not because I had to it was more or less because of the brotherhood. Like I had no brothers, you know, all my cousins were female and these were the brothers that I never had in my family. These are the cousins I never had in my family. So I kind of gravitated to, towards that and started to, like I said, be infatuated with it. I started to actually be addicted to the lifestyle. You know, everybody that I've seen that was successful, Uh, was either a gang member, a drug dealer, or in a lifestyle, some kind of way. So um, I felt like in order for me to be successful or to have the things that I saw them have, gold chains, cars, women, that I had to involve myself in a lifestyle And I ended up joining a gang. I became a pyru, you know what I mean, which is a form of a blood, but not actually a blood. So um, my teenage years, um, I... And, and indulge myself in that. And, you know, at the time, I thought it was fun. I was, you know, doing everything that gang members do and hanging and slagging and begging. And, uh, you know, it wasn't always good, you know what I mean, because I done seen people die. I done seen people get murdered in front of me. I done witnessed some things. I done been a part of some things. And, you know, um in my teenage years, that's when I actually started to realize the reality of my situation of being poor and, you know, the situations that I was in, like, and the things that I wanted to do to put myself in a better position. But being limited on resources and um, all that, you know, it uh, was only a few things for me to do. You know, i always been good in school. I always had good grades. I played sports, the whole shit, but I was just... Kind of just like these are my brothers, you know and and I wanted to be like the older gentleman that came from the same area that I was from, so you know I did the things to do to kinda like just rise in that lifestyle. I started off at the bottom of the total pole, and you know what I mean, slowly but surely started to rise, you know what I'm saying in my teenage years, and um you know it wasn't the ideal situation. Now that I look back on it, but at the time, I was doing the best with what I had, what I knew. You know, they say if you know better, you do better. So, you know I me mean? At that time, I was doing the best with the knowledge that I had. Um, so, fast forward a little bit. Um, I enter into my 20s. I'm still doing the gang thing. And um, I end up um, being incarcerated for a carjacking robbery, sold on the police, and, um, you no know, evading and it's a long story to that, but um I ended up getting sentenced to fifteen years in prison at the age of twenty three. And um actually I was over sentenced. I ended up getting like five years for the carjacking and ten years gun enhancement. And that really, all that means is that um they gave me an extra ten years just for having a gun in the in the commission of a crime. And now I know they sentenced me illegally, but I didn't know that until my incarceration was almost over until the 15 years was almost up. So it really wasn't nothing that I could do about it at that point. Cause I had already did the time. I had already accepted the sentence and it was a plea deal too. So I admitted guilt and you know, what I mean to do 15 to keep from getting 40 years. So, you know what I mean? That's, that was like, do I want to be in prison for 40 years or 15 years? Of course, I didn't want to be in prison for 15 years, but I, I just accepted it. So I uh, ended up um, being in prison, and I started off real rough. The first five years was hard. I was missing my family. You know, I was still involved in the gang. And, you know, being in prison and being having an affiliation, you know I mean, we all u- move as one unit, you know, a lot of times I got in trouble for things that didn't have to even do with me. Like I ended up, um, like, is it like, if somebody disrespects another race or another gang or whatever, you know, that don't have those two individuals don't have nothing to do with me, but they are like in California prisons. There are no head up fights, so to speak. It can be within your own circle, but with somebody out the circle, we all move as a unit, you know? And we're going to take our bosses or our wins all together. So, And being in that lifestyle, um, I got into a lot of trouble in my first five years. Um, Then um, I was sitting in the hole one day, which is AgSeg, the place where they send you, where you get in trouble, the prison inside of the prison. And um, my mom sent me a book called Why Are So Many uh, Black Men Incarcerated? And reading that book, you know what I mean gave me a whole lot of knowledge wisdom, and understanding on the politics behind the laws that are created, and you know just the systematic or institutional racism that exists in the United States, really around the whole world, and how implemented to put us at you know what i mean a disadvantage and that kind of made me uh want to change my life you know what i mean i Never really backed away from the gang life, but you know what I mean it made me not want to harm another black man or you know what I mean be against another black man the way that I have been my whole life up to that point, so I started to change, you know, I grew up Christian, then you know what I mean, I started to study Islam, got up under the nation of Islam for a minute, then you know it was some discrepancies with that religion that I didn't like. You know, I studied Judaism, uh, Buddhism, um, Hinduism. You know, I was just uh, on a spiritual journey. And uh, through that spiritual journey, um, I kind of settled in uh, what is known as yoga meditation in um, the 5% nation of gods and earths. And um, through the knowledge of that, You know, I started to, like, just gain knowledge. I started to read a lot of books, so psychology, uh, psychology, um, science, uh, you know, self-help. You know, a lot of people, they was reading a lot of fiction. But I wasn't really entertained by fiction. I was entertained by real life. So I started to read real-life stories. I mean, autobiographies with successful people and, um, you know, just things that I felt could help me be a better person. In that transformation, you know, um, I ended up, like, just coming to a new understanding of just life in general, not just, like, as a black man, but just as a human being, like, knowing that we all connected and that, you know, spiritual energy is real. Your thoughts have energy. Your um, The way that you speak have energy. You know, words are like spells. Like, you know, it, one of the books that I read it was talking about how to be impeccable with your word. And um, the same way how you use letters to spell a word, once you spell them words, you can use those words to cast spells on people because you can use words to make people love you, and you can also use words to make people hate you. It's up to you how you use your words to make them benefit you or not. So, uh, you know, I started to go down that spiritual journey, and um, everything was... uh, Starting to get better, you know. I read another book called The Secret. It taught me the Law of Attraction, and um, ever since then, I've been living my life by the Law of Attraction. You know, I learned to speak the language of the universe. You know, what I mean, pay attention to the omens, omens, the signals, the signs, and everything that leads you in the direction of the success that you want to achieve. You know, first you got to think it, then you got to speak it, you got to believe it, then achieve it. So, um, fast forward a little bit more. Um, I did my 15 years of incarceration and, um, you know, I ended up getting released in 2020 in the midst of the pandemic. And, um, yeah, I was, went in at 23 and I got out when I was 38 and experiencing the world in a whole different way. And I started to notice how the world had changed in a whole lot of different ways and you know, it was an adjustment period. So, you know, I had to deal with that. And, um, after that, um, I want to say that like one of the first females that I dated was an Instagram model slash only fans model. And, um, she like wanted me to participate in the videos with her. So I started to participate in the videos with her and, um, you know, the fans started to ask her who I was and, um, it made her, like, feel like she was, like, you, you should, she, like, like start to motivate you, like, you should start your own page, and you should start doing your own content, because, you know what I'm saying, everybody loves the content that I do with you, you know what I'm saying, so I'm like, okay, that sounds good to me, so I started to um, record my own content, but I hadn't actually um, started the OnlyFans or anything, so, you know, I was doing content or whatever, and then I was, like, promoting on you know, Snapchat, and you know what I mean, a little bit on Instagram, and, I was just, you know, slowly but surely starting to gain more fans and, like, getting a lot of attention for more different uh, females that created content, and those females started to reach out to me to create content with them. And I was like, wow, this is, like, the easiest thing to do. You know, I had uh, watched porn while I was in prison um, um and, like, had, like, Fantasies like one day, you know, what I'm saying I would try like if the opportunity presented itself, I would try to be a porn star. So at that point, not really knowing about OnlyFans, this was the closest thing to being in the porn industry that I knew. So I just took it and I uh, ran with it, you know. Um, fast forward a year later, and um, I find out about Twitter. I mean, I've always knew about Twitter, but I didn't know that like Twitter was what it is to the full extent. So, um Another young lady, she was like, yeah, you should start you at Twitter. So I started a Twitter. She was like, just follow everybody who I follow. So everybody she followed was a lot of porn stars and content creators. So I would see the things that they were doing and the content that they was creating on their timeline, and I would emulate or, you know what I mean, uh, imitate the things that they were doing, but I would put my own twist on it, the chocolate god twist, so to speak. And uh, it started off slow. Because I wasn't really like taking it serious. Like I'll post something one day and then I wouldn't post nothing for two weeks and then sometimes I wouldn't post nothing for months. But um when I would tune in to Twitter, um, uh, I would see like people was being like really successful. I started to tune in into the Twitter spaces and um a lot of these content creators in the Twitter spaces they would give me game. They would I would ask questions like like what do I need to do to be successful? And they would say, You need to do A, B, Z, D, E, F G you know, and I would start to do that and um I started to see uh a return from it. And um uh, I was like, Wow, you know what I'm saying? People are really into my content. My my fans, they would tune in, they would DM me and you know what I mean, I was like I wasn't expecting it, but I was like, Okay, let's let's do this. And um for the past year I started really started getting into the game real strong I really started taking it serious I started to invest in cameras and lighting and you know what I mean um booking hotel rooms and uh reaching out to other you know what I mean content creators to do collaborations with and um one day um a random person a mysterious person and I still don't know who this person really is. I still communicate with him, but I really still don't know who he is. And uh, he just reached out to me like, man, you got some good content. Go follow um, Jim Powers. Go follow uh, Mr. White. And um, go follow Flourish. You know what I mean? Go follow Dog Park Network and, you know what I mean, so forth and so on. So uh, he had already told these people about me. So when I followed them, they immediately followed me back. And um uh, I got a I got a DM from Jim Powers who is the director for Dog Heart Network and he gave me a phone number to call which is uh uh Mr. White on Twitter and um he um basically uh I called I called the number and he's like, Yeah, I heard about you, whoop you whoop, whoop you know what I'm saying, like how would you feel about um doing mainstream porn and um doing content with my wife and his wife ended up being Jennifer White and um you know she's like a big name in the industry like you know well known uh, interracial um porn star and content um maker. And um my first actual like the, my or should I say at that point I had never came in contact with anybody of that caliber to create content with, so I was excited about it. And um, I got there to the to the shoot, and um, you know, I was like, you know, I'm not gonna say starstruck, but I was just like, is this real? Like, am I really going to create content with Jennifer White? And um, she was like, real nice and sexy, and you know, um, the shoot went well, and after that shoot went well, um, Mr. White is also a talent scout or a talent agent for um Network. And um he booked me to do a um a blow bang with um um Kali Rocket, which is now she's another big star in the in the industry too, so I'm like I'm doing real porn now. So um I do that. I'm successful in that. Um and uh, like I said, I met Jim in person for the first time, and like he's like, "Yeah, man, I want to use you. I want to use you more." And so I was supposed to do another blow bang with um, Harley King, but I couldn't make it because I was on parole, and uh, it was outside of my um, guidelines. You know, I couldn't leave LA County or leave um, outside of the fifty-mile radius of my address. So with having those restrictions, I missed out on a whole lot of shoes. So he's like, man, just let me know when you get off parole, and um, I'm going to start booking you for more scenes. So um, I ended up doing some more content with um, Jennifer White, and um, after I got off parole, um, I ended up getting booked to do a scene with um, Connie Perrigan um, and um, – I just did one with Corey Chase, and after I did the thing with Corey Chase, uh, Mr. Wright reached out to me, and he, you know I mean? he kind of has been my advisor, and he told me that um, I should get me a, a, a talent agent. And um, he ended up connecting me with uh, Ricky Johnson, which is another male talent in the industry, but he is now uh, also an agent. So um, I got connected to him. Um, he asked me a few questions. I answered them. And I guess I answered it in the right way because after I answered the questions, he was like, welcome to Hussey Models. Um, I signed my contract and, you know, now I'm on my way to being successful. So, you know, that's just a little, you know, me backdrop on how I grew up and how I came into the industry and where I'm at right now and what I'm looking forward to.
1: May I just say, man, that is quite the journey. From a road that was like shrouded in darkness to sort of finding the light, using that light to head in a very different direction in an industry that you probably would have never even guessed that you would have been a part of.
2: Exactly. And truth be told, I was offered, one day I was at the gas station. And um, this is before I went to prison. And um, just some random dude walked up to me. He's like, man, would you w- would you ever, like, think about being in the porn industry? And at that time, well, you know, I'm a full-fledged gang member. I'm like, nigga, get the fuck away from me. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I'm thinking, like, are you, you know what I'm saying? Like, are you trying to flirt with me or, you know what I'm saying? What's going on? Like, and at that time, like you said, I would never thought about being in the porn industry. But as I got older, I always thought about that. Like, what would have happened if I would be accepted that offer back then, you know? And now that it has been presented to me as an older, you know what I'm saying, wiser and, you know what I'm saying, more knowledgeable grown man, I feel like, man, if I would have took that back then, who knows where my career would be at right now.
1: Right? Yeah, man. All right, all right. Okay, so we got a lot of information about you. The one thing that I want to ask as a follow-up is prior to that moment where you got the opportunity, had porn ever crossed your mind as something that you wanted to try? like you had mentioned that when you were in prison you watched porn like had you had ideas of like maybe this is something that I want to do at some point or was it always just like a fantasy?
2: All right, so this is this is crazy because uh, so uh, I you know what I mean I'm a slender you know what I'm saying built um, gentleman, I'm tall, slim basketball built. You know what I'm saying? But um, while I was in prison, um, I used to work out on the yard, you know, summertime, no shirt on, and I would notice how the female prison guards, they would, like, linger around the area where I would be working at, and they would just be watching me work out. And um, I could see the lust in their eyes while they was watching me work out, and I was like, you know what I'm saying? Like, initially, I was like, maybe I should be a stripper when I get out, or maybe I should, you know what I'm saying, do, be a painting set model or something like that. But, you know what I mean, it, it wasn't to an extent to a porn star at that point until um, one day, one of the uh, prison female prison guards, she came to my door, and she was like, I want to see your dick. And I was like, do it back. Like, I'm like, is this a setup? Like, are you trying to set me up? I'll pull my dick out, then you write me up. You know what I mean? Type shit. And, uh, you know, I was talking to my filly about it. He's like, man, you know You don't never know what's going to happen. You, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to go to yard today. You stay back. You know what I'm saying? If she come around, then, you know am saying? Show her what she want to see. So I was nervous, scared, thinking I was going to get in trouble. She came around because she was a... Um, the to escorted the nurses. So, you know what I mean? She would come to the door with the nurse and, like, you know, she would wink her around a little bit. And uh, one day she passed by and uh, I was like, you ready? And she was like, yeah, I've been waiting. So I whipped out. And uh, when I whipped out, you know what I mean? She was like, oh, my God, like, I haven't seen one that big in person before. And uh, she was like, I want you to stroke it for me. So uh, I was like is this is crazy. Like this woman is infatuated with my dick. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, if she's infatuated with it, how many other people would be infatuated with it? So, um, I had a relationship with this female prison guard that revolved around her coming to my door every day, uh, watching me stroke my dick. So, um, at that point I started to think like, shit, maybe I should, uh, I should do porn. And, um, in a uh, in that thought process, I mean, I started to like like fuck it. I'm a I'm gonna try something, you know, whether it be the stripper or whether it be whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna try to get in this industry some kind of way. And um, uh, yeah, that's how that's how I started to feel like maybe I could be a, a porn star. Like I didn't really know what to do or how to do it or what um path that I needed to take. But once I got out of prison, it was like everything fell in line. Like I told you, I met the Instagram model, you know what I'm saying? The fans was, her fans was loving me. So I'm like, shit, let's, let's, let's do this. You know what I mean? Let's, let's start going full fledged with it. So it didn't start off as being a porn star, but through the experiences that I had, it led me in that direction and I've just been following the journey as it goes. And, uh, even like when I first started, like, you know, I'm thirty when I first got out I was thirty eight. Most of the content creators are either like in their you no, know, they're they're in their twenties. They're younger. So, you know what I mean? Like, I got like laughed at, joked about, like, yo, what's your old ass doing doing content? You feel me? And the crazy part about it is those same people that used to make jokes about my content or my age or you know what I mean, just, you know what I mean, me in general, they're still not in the position that I'm in right now. So it's like, even though I got laughed at and joked about, I never stopped doing it. And because I stayed true to myself and I stayed doing what I felt like I wanted to do, I wasn't listening to what they said. I was listening to what my fans said, giving them what they want. And I feel like the fans is what helped me um, get in the position that I am in right now.
1: I love that. Shout out to the fans. They're incredibly important. Yeah. My fans are not, like, my following is not as big as
2: other people at this point, but one thing I will say about my fans is they are loyal. Like, they tag me in posts with random porn stars. Like, you know, they'd be like, oh, uh, Talk of God, you should work with such and such. Talk guys, God, you should work with such and such. Talk of God, you should work with such and such. And on two occasions, um, two of the people who they have tagged me into the work with, somebody must have been watching because two of those females are females who I've actually done mainstream industry shoots with. So I thank them for putting those posts and comments and um, tags to, you know what I mean, put, like, they they are really helping me, and I appreciate them for that.
1: Very nice. Let's talk about your performer name. Let's talk about the name Chocolate God 310. How'd you come up with your performer name?
2: All right, so, uh, of course, my skin complexion is that of a Snicker Bar. So, you know what I mean, that's where the chocolate part comes from. But the God part comes from my 5% teachings. And in the 5% teaching, it teaches that, you know what I mean, the black man is God, you know what I'm saying, or specifically the original man is God. You know what I mean? I don't want to get too much into that, but I see myself as not the God who created the universe, star moons and the suns and all that, but I do see myself as a God on the planet Earth, you know what I mean, which means I am the controller of my own destiny. It means that I create my destiny. You know, I'm saying I have the ability to create. I have the ability to control, and I have the ability to be powerful. You know what I mean? So, the God part comes from my belief in myself as a supreme being, as an individual who can do what he feels and bring his thoughts into reality. You know what I mean? Manifest manifestation. My ability to manifest is what makes me a God and chocolate God. You know what I mean? I am the, I am the, the God who, you know what I'm saying? Can like, I I feel like be through the process, I have manifested the position that I'm in my confidence in myself, my belief in myself, my determination and all that is, you know what I mean? How I came up with the name chocolate God and a 310 is just, Or the 310 is just the area code that I live in. I'm from Compton, and in 310, that's the area code that I live in. So, you know, I'm the chocolate guy from Compton.
1: I like it. It's unique, man. I love it, and I love that you're really owning it.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that.
1: You're welcome. Now, I know that you kind of went into it a little bit, but I want to actually go back in time with you and sort of, get a, a a bigger sort of feel for that very first time that you shot content. And if we're being oh, oh. honest, you've kind of had two first times. You had the first time that you shot content, and then you had the first time on a professional set, on a professional porn shoot. So talk to me about both of those different first times. What were those experiences like? What was going on in your mind? both of those, uh, during both of those firsts?
2: Alright, so my first time shooting content was, um, uh, it was, um, uh, it was an experience. Um, uh, like I said, I met the Instagram model and, um, she, um, had a nice following. She don't create content no more, so I don't want to put her name out there, but, you know what I mean, she's a, she's a known, she's a known person, and, um, uh, my first time shooting with her it was it was basically a learning experience like she said okay this is what we're going to do this is the scene that we're going to shoot this is how we're going to set it up this is how much time I need and you know all that so I I was a little bit nervous because like I had never like recorded myself on camera but I'm like shit, I'm just going to go with it I'm all in and um it was um I don't know it kind of came as second nature because mind you uh I felt like I was performing while I was in prison you know what I mean in front of you know me I mean, another woman and like now I was going to be performing in front of a bigger audience audience of course but I just felt like I wanted to be successful in it so I'm like I'm going to just go all the way in with it and um it was it was it was a it was a it was a good experience like i can't i didn't have no bad experience like you know um uh, like it was it it's, it it flowed so smoothly that it didn't really need no editing we just went with it and um it smoothed, like the way it was supposed to go now as far as like shooting the first main industry shoot it was uh it was it was a little bit different You know what I mean? I went from being nervous to actually having a little fear. Like, this is my opportunity to, you know, do something big. And, um, you know, and then on set, you get there. Of course, you don't get straight to it. You know, they got to do the green screen. You know what I mean? Uh, You know, you you meet the model or the porn actress at this first shoot. It was um, Collie Rocket. And um, she was very warm. She was very welcoming. You know, um, I told her it was my first shoot. She was like, okay, you know, be cool, relax, you know, don't trip. You know, uh, she told me about her first shoot. She gave me her background, how she had came from a different state. She moved out to California and um, been out here ever since. And um, how her career has rise. So I was like, okay, that's a little bit of motivation. Not to mention that um, Jack Black, um, Slim Polk, um, Eddie J, and... You know, uh, Scotty P., you know what I'm saying? These are all established male talents in the industry. So I'm looking at these guys like, man, these guys are established. Like, I've seen all of these guys work before, and now I'm here standing beside them to shoot a film with them. So, you know what I mean? That was a little bit uh, intimidating, but, um, like, everybody was kind of like – I'm not going to say uh, standoffish, but, you know what I'm saying, they was, like, in their own world, I guess, trying to get in their zone. But I was I was walking up to them individually, like, oh, you know what I'm saying, I'm chocolate guy, woo, 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 what's up? So um, I walked up to Slim Poke and I was like, yeah, what's up, man? You Slim, right? And he was like, yeah, woo, 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 And actually from my neighborhood, they called me Slim, too. So I was like, yeah, man, with the neighborhood that I'm from, you know what I mean, they called me Slim. he was like, oh, yeah, is that right? So I told him the neighborhood that I was from, he's like, man, I'm right down the street. Whoop you, whoop. And he started like, he's like, yeah, you know, your homie, such and such, you know, homie. I'm like, yeah, man, that was my little homie. He's like, yeah, I fuck with them all the time. Whoop you, whoop. I'm like, is that right? Whoop you, whoop. So uh, knowing that it was another like street person in the industry was like, it, it kind of helped me loosen up a little bit because like, I always thought that, you know what I'm saying? Like, how would I be judged by my homies for shooting porn? Because it's not that, you know what I mean? When, when you in that lifestyle, uh, it's not the normal thing for, you know what I'm saying, you to be in the industry. Like maybe the rap industry or, you know what I mean, the clothing industry or selling drugs or something like that, but not the porn industry. So to know that there was a another street person from the same area that I was from uh, gave me motivation. And I was like, okay, let's do this and uh, you know, I went in there and uh I killed it. You know, what I mean of course uh I was in there with other individuals but uh like I started to game I mean not not to, you know what I'm saying, shame nobody, but uh like when I when 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 the clothes came off, when I seen what I was working with versus what everybody else was working with, I got confidence Instantly, I was like, "Okay, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm working with something." I, you know what I'm, y'all saying I'm the chocolate guy for real, you know. So uh, that um, gave me confidence, and when it was time for the cameras to come on, I did my thing, and ever since then, I, every shoot that I've been in since, I've walked in there with confidence. I walked in there to do my thing, and you know, it's 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 been a blessing for me.
1: I love that, man. Major props, major props. Very awesome. All right, so in total, how long have you been in the industry from that very first content shoot that you did?
2: Uh, For the industry or just content? In total. Because I think, you know, starting
1: with the content, I feel counts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly.
2: So I want to say it's been about two years total. Two, Two years, years total,
1: on. and since you've been doing, uh, mainstream stuff?
2: And mainstream has been about four to five months.
1: All right, awesome, awesome. For those out there that are tuning in and haven't seen your content, how would you describe your fuck style for them?
2: Um, I'm more or less of a, I'm not too rough, but I'm not soft either, you know, uh, I actually care about the woman's pleasure. Whoever I'm creating content with, I want the woman to be comfortable, I want her to be satisfied and I want her to be satisfied. So like I kind of gauge, you know, what I mean the way that I fuck based on what she likes because I actually get pleasure from her pleasure. If she's uncomfortable or she's in pain or she's not, you know, what I mean enjoying it, then I'm not going to enjoy it. So my style, I adjust it based on the female that I'm creating with because um, I'm working with a 10-inch dick that's long and it's thick. So, you know what I mean? You can't just go to pound town on every female the same way because not every female can handle it the same way. So, you know, I, I'm pretty much like, but my preference, I would say just a steady, a steady stroke, a steady long stroke you know what I mean, a consistent stroke where, you know what I'm saying, I'm hitting the spots that need to get hit um, and making sure that she's enjoying it. So, uh, I'm more or less like, I'm somewhere in the middle when it comes to my my style and my preference. Like I said, I'm not too, too, too rough and I'm not soft. You know what I mean? I do a little light choking, light hair pulling, you know what I'm saying? I'll smack you on the ass, you know, I might you know pick you up and turn you around, flip you and all that, but You know, I'm just like, like I said, I'm somewhere in the middle.
1: Well, you already went into it, the big question. So can you repeat for the listeners, how much is Chocolate God 310 packing?
2: Ten inches. It's about ten inches long. And I haven't measured the girth, but uh, just for, uh, uh, I guess, a a gauge, um, I would say that... It's about as thick as a, the inside of a toilet paper roll. Cause I, I've tried to fit my and I, I once watched a TV show, and um, on this TV show, it said the the, the female said if you could fit your shit, and in ty- inside of a toilet paper roll, then you're saying it's not thick enough for me. So it actually made me try it, and when I tried it, the only thing that fit in there was a the tip. So I would say that it's around the same size of the, ins- the inside or the, the, the toilet paper roll when it's not no toilet paper on it.
1: Do you do anything in particular in regards to preparation for a shoot and the cum shots? Do you do anything when you know that you have a shoot coming up to prepare to make sure that the cum shot looks good for the camera?
2: Um, I mean, just um, health-wise, uh, you know, I eat healthy. Um, I, um, exercise, and um, they have a thing called male Kegels. You know, females have Kegels the way they work their pussy muscles or whatever. You know, saying there are male Kegel exercises. So I, uh, when I found out that there were male Kegel exercises, I googled the male Kegel exercises, and this is the way that I stay um, healthy as far as my manhood. I do those. I, I incorporated the male keko exercises in my regular workout routine and um that's how i perfect- that's how i prepared for my shoots for my content um I eat good and you know um i just you know do that to stay healthy as far as the cum side is concerned um i think uh my prison incarceration is what um allowed me to be able to become a master at holding my nut, so to speak. I was jacking off for so long, for so many years, that uh I learned how to hold my nut, you know. And that's one thing that's very important in the industry because if you come too fast, then, you I mean, you're done. You know what I mean? And if you can't come, then you don't get paid. They call it the money shop for a reason. If you don't nut, then you don't get your check. So um, I think all those years of jacking off inside of prison kind of uh, prepared me to, like, be able to come on call, which is a skill that you need to have in the industry because, like, let's just say, for instance, you in a blow bang, and they'd be like, okay, now it's time for the come shot. You know what I mean? We line up, and you got to be able to come within those few minutes. And if you can't do it, then, you know what I'm saying, you don't get paid so. That's an added motivation to, you know, be able to control your nut and bust when you need to bust because if you don't bust, it's a wrap. Or if you take too long to bust, then it's a wrap. So, you know, um, yeah, that's the way that I that's the way that I prepare for the come shot and um keep myself um and my manhood healthy at the age that I
1: am. So far in the time that you've been in the industry, who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with?
2: Um, I think my favorite performer is my first person, the the person that gave you my um uh, my chance, Jennifer White. I've done um, three scenes with her, and uh, like I said, she's always warm. She's always welcoming, and uh, she's always like. Mot- she's motivational too. Like she's the one told me, like, I know that you're going to be great. She's the one that told me that, um, I see a lot of greatness in you. You know what I'm saying? She's the one that, you know, um, i talk to personally to oh, her and her husband who I, you know I mean? Get personal advice from. They're the one who, you know I mean? Gave me, put my foot in the door in the industry. And they're the one who put my foot in the door as far as, um, Getting into um, Husky models, you know, I've gotten a opportunity that a lot of people don't get, even in the industry, uh, because I just came across um, the right people. But I do have to also give a shout out to my boy Slim Poke because uh, we started, we started, we have started a series called "Welcome to Pound where it's me and him, basically. Um, tag teaming uh other porn stars, female porn star. And uh, like just working with him has gave me, you know, what I mean, more more credibility because uh, you know, he's a well established talent and he's younger than me, but in the industry he kinda like has, you know I me, mean, put me under his wing. And uh, you know, um our Pound Town series is doing real good right now and uh I enjoy it. You know, because um, we both we fr- both from the streets and we both humble. Like, you know, he could have been like, who is this random dude, you know what I'm saying, like, in the industry, but, you know what I'm saying, like, he embraced me. He, you know what I'm saying, been giving me knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. He's been, you know what I'm saying, giving me tools of the trade, you know. He's teaching me how to, you know, you know elevate my OnlyFans and, you know what I mean, my other monetized platforms, like, so, you know. As far as, like, female talent, it would be Jennifer White, and as far as male talent, I would have to give props to Slim Polk.
1: Very nice. Slim Polk is awesome. I've interviewed him a couple times. He's an awesome dude and a fantastic performer, so props for making that connection. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, let's work on the power of manifestation. Who have you not worked with yet? that you would love to do a scene with who is on the chocolate God's wish list?
2: Oh Lord, it's, it's, it's so many, it's so many people that I would love to work with. Um, uh, let's see if I would have to choose, if I would have to choose my favorite, I would have to bring her out of retirement. (laughs) And, um, since, since I guess since I started watching porn, um, Cherokee has been like, uh, my favorite female, uh, porn star, you know, uh, I actually met her in person before on, on the streets in Los Angeles, you know, and, uh, the situation was kind of, kind of wild because like, this is actually like, this is actually before I went to prison. So, um, uh, I was, um, standing out, hanging out in my neighborhood with my homies and, uh, my homie pulled up to the liquor store where we was hanging out at, and he's like, man, I just seen Cherokee, whoop, woo blah, blah, blah. we like, nigga, stop lying. You ain't just seen Cherokee. He's like, man, I just seen it, whoop, So I'm like, man, come on, man, we ain't trying to hear that shit. You know what I mean? We started clowning them because, like, man, we like, you did not see her. And um, while we clowning them, she pulls up at the nail shop across the street, and she walks she's, she's starting to walk inside of the um, nail shop. So for me, back in my, you know what I'm saying? What I call my prime, um, I'm like, I'm going to go try to shoot my shot. So, uh, I started to walk across the street to go talk to her. And, um, my game plan was like, I'm going to act like I don't even know that she's a porn star. Like I'm just going to get at her like she's a regular female. By the time I get across the street you know what I mean? And I'm going to start talking to her. Um, my homie started yelling out her name, Cherokee, Cherokee. And they, one of my homies, he started pounding his hands on his thighs. You know what I'm saying? Like he was flacking like, yeah, whoop you. Whoop. He's smacking his hands on his thighs. So I'm like, oh, they just fucked up my whole game. So I just walked up to her. I said, hi, how you doing, whoop you. Whoop. I just wanted to tell you how beautiful you was. Whoop, whoop. And I left it at that, and I went back across the street because I felt like they fucked up my whole game plan that I didn't have no time to readjust. So, uh, I met her, you know what I'm saying? But I've always, like, you know what I mean? Like, she's always been, like, my favorite, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm an ass man. you go keep it real. I'm an ass man, so I love, you know what I'm saying, females that got bubble booties. And, uh, she definitely got that. So, you know what I'm saying? If I had the choice to, you know what I mean, be in a scene with anybody, it would be her. But she doesn't, um, uh, make, um. Movies anymore. So. uh, Let me. Let me. Let me think like if I was to. um, To pick somebody that's in the industry right now. Hmm. Oh. Kira Nora. I love her. Now she doesn't actually have a big ass. But it's something about her and her dreadlocks. That's so sexy to me. If I could get a scene with her. You know what I'm saying? That would be lovely. That would be great.
1: Are there any individuals in the industry, whether they be in front of the camera as performers or behind the cameras, that you look up to? Is there anyone or are there any individuals in the business that inspire you with what you're trying to do with your slice of the industry?
2: Um, I would say that if I was to look up to somebody, it would have to be uh, Man Bingo. I've never met him, but um, like his style of like fucking and all that is similar to my own. You don't really see him pounding females out because he can't. You feel me? Um, and then like, like he's not he's not a quiet person, but he's not wild with you know saying his conversation during scenes either. You know. He causes the pleasure and he responds to, you know, saying the females in the same way that I feel that I do. So if I was to say that if I looked up to a male performer, it would definitely uh, be Mandingo.
1: Let's talk about your original content. What type of content can the listeners expect to see from the various avenues that you use to release your original content?
2: Um, I would say that they can look forward to me um doing more role playing more be more be real type um scenes where i'm acting out a scene before we actually get to the fucking because um up to maybe a couple of months ago um i was just doing what is known as gonzo and gonzo is just like soon as you press play the fucking starts or that or the blowjob starts like you get you go straight to it now i'm getting more of um, doing role-playing, and um, that's something that Slim Pope put me on, too. You know what I mean? Like, coming up with a storyline of how I met the female and, you know, where we going and, you know, uh, how I convinced her to give me some pussy-type shit. So, you know what I mean? You're going to see more um, be-real-type scenes from me, and um, you're going to see more, um, I want to I, I wanna, I wanna start, you know what I'm saying, doing more scenes with some more of my sister. Because um, to this point, you know what I'm saying, I've been doing a whole lot of interracial. And don't get me wrong, I love doing interracial, you know what I'm saying. I love, I love white women too. But I think I want to um, start including some more um, black female talent into my um, content. And, um, yeah, that's what you should be expecting for me. More be-reels, more acting, um, and just more um, content with uh, – my sisters
1: how often do you release content through your only fans and your fans
2: league um i release content about once a week but you know what i'm saying but i do have my weeks where i do maybe two or three um release two or three scenes it all depends like cuz i do not only do i do boy girl scenes i do boy boy girl scenes I do girl girl boy scenes uh on my on my in my own content and I do solo content as well so you know depending on what that week is like it's going to depend on you know what I'm saying how much content that I have stockpiled is going um depend on how often I release it but you're going to at least get one scene from me per week
1: you know what would be interesting to see to add? Something to think about. I mean you're still early in the game, but something to think about. A reverse gangbang with the chocolate god.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, that would that would be uh, uh uh that would be interesting.
1: Yeah, get like three, four or five baddies from the industry versus you.
2: Yeah, that that would be that would be interesting and I'm definitely up to the challenge. I've, you know, I mean, I've had two girls by myself before, but I have never been gang banged. Matter of fact, I'm going to speak that into the universe. Tackley God wants to be gang banged by a group of females. You there know you mean? go. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a posted. I'm a posted today. Very nice. I'm a posted today. You know what I'm saying? To Manifest kind it. Of I get. Yeah. I'll see what kind of response I get. Cause that would, that would be interesting. And the perfect place to do that would probably be at this content house that I'm going to be a part of for the um, um, Urban X Awards. Very nice. Urban X Awards is August 20th. It's in Los Angeles. Um, Me and a couple of other creators are uh, uh, um, me and a a creator named C-Styles specifically. Or you know, I mean, the main people that's putting it together. But I'm bringing in people. She's bringing in people. So it's gonna just be a house full of content creators that weekend, and um, we're gonna be getting it in. So it's gonna be my. That's gonna be my opportunity to get, you know, what I'm saying, four or five females versus me. So um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm speaking into existence, and uh, y'all heard it here first. Chocolate God wants to be in a reverse gangbang with at least
1: four to five females. I like the sound of that. Now that's going to be some good content, I'm just saying. Exactly. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know, something unique about the chocolate god. Well, a
2: lot of people, when they see me, they see the scars, they see the tattoos, they see my mannerism, they listen to the way that I, that I talk and they just automatically assume that that's all that I am. But in all actuality, you know what I mean. In real life, don't get me wrong. I still, I still got those thuggish ways. I still got them gangster ways. But I'm a nerd at heart. You know what I'm saying? I've been read over a thousand books in my lifetime. You know what I'm saying? I watch anime. I play video games. You know, um, I like science. You know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of a nerd. You know what I'm saying? When ain't nobody paying attention. You know, so. Uh, that's something about me that most people won't even think. Like, when people have conversations with me, they'd be like, I would never think that you'd be this deep or able to go into the extent of, you know what I'm saying, the, the, um, the Big Bang Theory, so to speak, or just certain things that I have knowledge of. They would never think like, man, this, this is a street nigga right here. How, you know what I'm saying, how is he teaching me so much? So, you know what I'm saying, I would say that. One thing that people would be surprised about me is that, you know what I mean, at heart, I'm really
1: a nerd. Describe yourself in ten words or less.
2: Motivated, inspired, powerful, um, intellectual, strong-minded, um, real, authentic, you know... Uh, determined, um, positive, and, um, spiritual.
1: As we start wrapping things up, I have this list of pop culture oriented questions that are designed to allow the listeners and your fans to get to know some of your favorites. The first question in this set is what are five of your most favorite television shows?
2: Five of my most favorite television shows. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Ozark. Um, I'm gonna have to go with the Office. Um I'm gonna have to go with um Black Dynamite. Um, the 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 new and the old Fresh Prince of Balair. And um I like watching um um, Pranks Go Wrong in the Hood on YouTube. I love pranks going wrong in the hood. <laughs> That's like, I've watched that more than anything else to tell you the truth.
1: Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Oh,
2: yeah, I'm going to have to go with uh, Tupac, Snoop Dogg, uh, Ice Cube, uh, Mozzie, uh, Wally the Sensei. And uh, let me see, who else? Are? Two Chains.
1: What are three of your most favorite films?
2: Minister Society, um, Seven Pounds, and let's see, what's another one of my favorite movies? Um,
1: I'm going to have to go with Dead Presidents. What are two foods you can't live without?
2: Two foods that I can't live without. Soul Food. And Italian food. It don't matter what the dish is, but I love soul food and I love Italian food. I can eat any dish that's soul food or any dish that's Italian any day, any time of the week.
1: And what is one of your guilty pleasures? One
2: of my guilty pleasures is that I'm an exhibitionist. I like to be watched. Um, In my personal life, I label myself as a bull. And for those who don't know what the bull title is, that means that um I'm an addition to couples. You know what I mean? Um husbands watch me have sex with their wives. You know what I mean? Or or you know what I'm saying, um I go I like I like to attend swinger parties, sex parties, um, uh, swinger clubs, you know, so my guilty pleasure with just me in my personal life, just being an exhibitionist, like to be seen. I think I got turned out when I was in prison by, you know what I mean, being watched by female prison guards, female nurses, you know what I mean, that I like to be watched now, which is part of the reason why it's so easy for me to be in the industry because, like, I get a thrill knowing that I'm being watched by, you know what I'm saying, hundreds and thousands of people.
1: What are you currently binging? Are you currently binge-watching anything on any of the streaming platforms? I
2: binge-watch um, Top-Notch Idiots, which are the um, the the main people that I watch that do the pranks going wrong in the hood. They just go around the most roughest parts of America, whether it be downtown L.A. or Chicago or, you know what I'm saying, New York or whatever, and they pick the most – Gangster the most thuggish people to try to do pranks on, and it don't always work out for them the way that they think it's going to work out. But that shit is hella funny. So I binge watch pranks gone wrong in the hood. So, yeah, that's, that's what I'm on. That's what I watch almost every day.
1: What's next for Chocolate God? What's coming up in the very near future that the listeners and your fans and supporters should be anticipating?
2: Yeah, you should be seeing me on black. You should be seeing me doing working with Bang Bros. You should see me working with, you know, all your favorite um, porn networks through the management of, you know, me Hussy Models. Um, I just signed the contract for uh, L.A., and I just signed the contract for Miami. So that means that I will be traveling back and forth from one side of the country to the other side of the country. So just expect to see more mainstream Industry stuff for from me.
1: How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social media, as well as where they can find your original content?
2: Um, right now, um, you can find me on the Dog Fart Network. You can find me on um, Jim uh, um Jules Jordan um Productions. Um. And you can find me on OnlyFans, you can find me on Fansly, you can find me on Instagram, and you can find me on Twitter. Um, if you just Google my name, God 310 all my platforms are going to pop up. So if you want to see my content, just Google God 310 and every last one of on my platform is going to pop up. I'm also on Cam Soda, where uh, I do live streaming, you know, so um, yeah, just um, Google my name, and you can catch all of my platforms just by doing that.
1: Well, Chakra God Three One Zero, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in?
2: I just want to say thank you for su- thank you for your support. Um, continue to tag me with the people that you want to see me work with, because we are watching, we are listening, and we do pay attention to what y'all say. Um, Thank you for subscribing to my platforms. Thank you for putting me in a position to be successful. And um, in a minute, um, I'm going to be start doing uh, meet and greets, you know what I'm saying, um, with my fans. So, you know what I mean, just tune in, keep supporting, and uh, you might get a chance to meet me in person if you are a real fan, if you are a real supporter, and if you really rock with me, then, you know what I'm saying, I want to know you, for real. You know what I mean, I love you all.
1: Well, Chocolate God, three one zero. I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview. You're welcome.
2: I want to thank you for um, reaching out to me for the interview. I appreciate it, uh, and let me know that I'm doing something right. So uh, I appreciate you also.
1: And I will say this, the door is open for more. It would be awesome to follow along with your career as your star continues to grow and continues to get brighter. Whenever you want to come back to update the listeners on what you've been up to, on what you're into, on what's coming up, you have an open invitation. All right. I'm going to hold you to that. I like the sound of that. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One on One with Poppy Chulo. Before we go, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us
3: thank you for downloading one-on-one with poppy chulo here are a few helpful reminders for more information on one-on-one with poppy chulo visit poppychuloradiocom after dark follow poppy chulo on twitter at twitter.com poppy chulo one-on-one that's at poppy chulo the number one the word on and the number one like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash radio. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula radio programs by visiting slash archives Back to you, Poppy Chulo.
1: Thanks, announcer. And with that, Chocolate God 310, and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners.
2: Good night. Let's go.
0: Thanks for listening to One on One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio and like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.